Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here at the Fee of Massiveness. <laughs> It is October 12th, 1996. It is that. And there are more people in the forecast, Carol. What? We got a big packed show this week. We've got some news. We've got Massive Love. Yay, I love Massive Love. Yeah, for those of you who are unaware, that we talk about the news in the entertainment industry mostly. And we, talk- we also talk about getting your freak on. We do talk about that sometimes. <laughs> we talk movies, we talk television, we talk the best of the 90s, and we also do some massive love sometimes, which is uh, about once a month or so. We scour the want ads in the newspaper for all those lonely hearts. Yeah, we used to do it every week, but there's a lot of the same people in it every week. Oh yeah, for sure. But the more people in the forecast, Carol, is this article I came across, which is not... Entertainment news, but I thought it was interesting. When you say, like, people in the forecast, I think about, like, It's Raining Men or something like that. It's going to be. It's raining men and women. (laughs) Uh, 7.6 billion people predicted in 25 years. Wow. So, according to this paper, 25 years from now, which would be 1996. Ooh, how's your mouth? 25 years from now. 2021. Oh, wow. What a space agey <laughs> number. Like, it'll be like the Jetsons, well, like the flying cars and shit. Exactly. And, and they're going to be running into uh, men as they rain down from the sky. Mr. Spacely. <laughs> the world's population will reach 6.1 billion by 2000. Asia, Africa, and Latin America will account for 95% of the growth. Wow. Uh, over the next 25 years, the world population may reach 7.6 billion. So this is the the C, or the Census Bureau prediction, uh, according to this article. Uh, let's see. Some other things. Uh, Africa would have the highest growth rate of the major world regions during the next 25 years. AIDS will kill some 50 million people by 2010 Aww. in developing countries. Wow. Uh, with their huge existing populations, Asia, Asia developing countries are expected to add 176 billion people in the next four, or four, sorry, million in the next four years. Is there room for that many people? I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I mean, the thing is, is so the overpopulation problem that we're going through, obviously, that the land we could put. A lot more people on the land mass itself mm-hmm. is my guess, but the the question is the resources, right? Water and food. I think water probably more than anything else. They have to figure out a way to a a cost effective, easier way to desalinate water. What does desalinate mean? It means take the salt out of. Okay. Because uh, like ninety five percent of the water on the on Earth is undrinkable because it's salt water. Right. So wow. They just need to get the salt out of there. 
So, okay, so we've got this huge population problem. Doesn't that make you nervous that, like, maybe some natural thing will, like, cut the population? Because I think that's kind of, like, what the oh, Earth yeah, sure. does. Yeah, absolutely. That's why there's there's no, it's no mistake that, like, the, the great, like, diseases uh, come in, like, parts of Asia and Africa where population density is huge. So, like, the plague started in Asia. It came from the... It did? Yeah, because the the, um, the fleas on the rats, right, they came over, the rats came over on the ships and everything from the Silk Road and stuff when people were trading with Asia. Oh. And that's where the plague, that's how the plague got to Europe. That's where that came from. Interesting. Um, and there are other, you know, other big diseases that, uh, the Ebola, you know, in the 60s, Ebola came out. Mm -hmm. uh, that was in Africa. AIDS, supposedly, they think, came from Africa. Um, so those big diseases, they come from high-density population centers. Wow. So, yeah, it, it does, you know, the, the Earth will only just hold so much. So stop procreating, people. Yeah. Keep it in your pants. Or wrap it up. Put on a Jimmy hat. <laughs> a as they, Jimmy hat? What the fuck is a Jimmy it. hat? <laughs> is this another grandpa term? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this is this is the young hip kids say this. Uh, we are the young hip kids, and I don't say that. Well, you know who else? What what else the young hip kids do, Carol? Is they go bowling, and there are some in innovations here to bowling. Okay. Lights, fog. Music. What? Bowling? <laughs> Where is bowling headed? Well, to quote the consummate Kegler Ralph Cramden, to the moon. <laughs> the new look at the lanes is cosmic bowling, which adds loud music, fog machines, mirrored disco balls, and glow-in-the-dark alleys and pins to the traditional bowling mix. Wow. That yeah. sounds really cool. It and does, doesn't it? also kind of weird like why would you add fog to a sport that requires you to see things it's what's it cosmic bowling <laughs> yeah cool lights music but fog do you want to bowl in the fog i don't know it sounds like it sounds like it might be kind of cool i don't know uh -huh. i mean like a fog machine just rolling over the light you can't even see the pins <laughs> But that's what I mean. That'd be weird and hard, but yeah, cool. Uh, cosmic bullying is the new thing. People love it, said Katie Stuss, manager of Cherry Hill Lanes in Dearborn Heights. Well, I guess we should go check it out. Yeah, that's not too far from where we are. No, it's not. And uh, yeah, so cosmic bowling, bowling in the fog, Carol. Okay. Like you're bowling in London. But, like, if I hit somebody with the bowling ball because I can't see, is that, like, okay? Well, they okay? can't see you, then. Right? So it's perfect <laughs> crime, Carol. Okay. All right, last bit of news that I have this week. Tuning out. What do you think? Based on that headline, what do you think it's about? Uh, the radio? Uh, ooh, that's a good, that's a good guess. Music and TV remain closely tied, but theme songs are a dying art. So it's about TV theme songs. And okay. How... All right, I'll read the article to you. Okay? No, and how what? I'm sorry. And how they're, how they're going away. If you're over 50, hum those four dragnet notes. 
You're not over 50. <laughs> what is happening? If you're really a grandpa, just tell me. Just tell me now. Like, don't drag this out. Don't make me find out when I, we do our marriage license someday or... You were born in 1927? <laughs> oh, my goodness. What the fuck? Young baby boomers whistle Fred Flintstone's theme. You know the Flintstones theme. I can't whistle. Oh, okay. Uh, and then Gen Xers belt out that Dukes of Hazard anthem. I don't know it. Just the good old boys. Never meaning no harm. I never watched oh the Dukes God. of Hazard. <sighs> Making their way the only way they know how. <laughs> That's just a little bit more than the law will allow. That was a good, that was a good show. Anyway... If you can't tell, I love TV theme songs. And he's ancient. That's why I I picked this article. But n- nostalgia for TV theme songs. Oh wait, it says you ninety kids, you uh, you just whistled the Flintstones theme. <laughs> nostalgia for TV theme songs may be at an all time high in this age of sentimental irony when old cheese becomes gourmet dinner. Because there's a lot of nostalgia going on right now. Mm-hmm. Witness Rhino Records Tube Tunes series, which sailed out of the record stores when it hit last year, or John Burlingame's secret 300-page uh, history tome, TV's Biggest Hits, which landed in a slew of summer uh, um, bestseller lists. Hmm. But the TV themes now see, the they have the friends on here, the, the I'll be there for you. On their thing, and that's probably the the most popular, I would say, TV theme now. But I mean, try to name a a theme song from one of the shows on now. What's suddenly suddenly Susan? We just we watched that this week. Ooh, her theme song was uh, "Ode the Ode to Joy." What? Yeah, it was it was a um, what you call it? A uh, it's a royalty like the candy bar, right? A royalty free version. <laughs> Of Beethoven's Ode to Joy. Huh. We're jazzing it up. That's what it was. I'm just trying to think about any of the things that we watch. Now 210 has a theme song. (laughs) But that theme is not much. You know, it's okay. There's no words. Yeah, that's the thing. It's It's a ballad. It's not like Alan Thicke writing... um, now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. Right. Did you know Alan Thicke wrote that? No. The dad from uh, from Growing, Growing Pains. Growing Pains, yeah. I did not know Mike. that. Mike. <laughs> what about, okay, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, what was their theme song? I don't remember. There, it, there was music. It was like spooky music or something, right? No, it was peppy, jazzy kind of music. Peppy, jazzy music. See, I don't know. That's the thing. But I can tell you that One Day at a Time's theme was this is it, this is it. This is life, the one you get. Wow, I never noticed that it was changing. And I think the reason is because those theme songs which would start at the beginning of the show, obviously, but they'd ex- a lot of them would explain the premise, or they'd be like in the like in One Day at a Time's uh, or whatever. They would example. They would play 
her leaving her husband, going to Indianapolis. They play all that that visual over the theme song. So it's like you get a sense of, oh, this is what's going This is the situation that this family's in. Because, whatever, episode 100 of One Day at a Time might be the first time somebody watches One Day at a Time. Right. Because that's how shows were back then. Shows are now becoming more connected where... Stuff that happens on one episode kind of carries over to other episodes sometimes. Not always, but... And people more often, like with the must-see TV thing, where it's like people feel like, I gotta be in front of the TV to see what's going on. And I think that's part of it, is people just become are becoming more familiar on a weekly basis with these shows. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I miss theme songs, because I love I know theme you do. songs. I know you favorite. do because I've been on a road trip with you and played the game. Yeah, that's right. Where he sings all the theme songs and I have to figure out what show it is. Right. Do you guys want to play real quick right now? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Night Court? That's soap. Uh. Night Court is... <laughs> I wish I still had uh, one thing in here because you know what I'd play. Uh huh. I do. I know what you'd play. Uh, I would play the St. Elsewhere theme. Begley Jr. Me too. Speaking of St. Elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and love. And Ed Begley Jr.? <laughs> Let's do Massive Love. Okay, I don't know what St. Elsewhere has to do with that. <laughs> I actually meant love, but St. Elsewhere came out, so okay. thank you for drawing attention to that one. All right. Time, All right. Time for Massive Love, everyone. This is where we talk about massively loving people. Oh, no. This is where we talk about people that are looking for... Massively loving people. You are so fucked up. How's this one, Carol? Kind, gentle. No, sorry. Kind, nice, gentle, good-looking, and clean. 
very straight single white male. 46. Very straight. So he's gay. Well, here's the thing. This is why I pointed this out. This is from the. Remember, I told you last week how there's the wild at heart for the alternate section. Now? Right. This is in this section. What the fuck? This person put this ad in the alternate section. Nice, kind, gentle, good looking and clean. Very straight, single white male, 46, 6, 3, 200 pounds, looking for female, weight proportionate, age, race, no barrier. So other than the very straight, it's it's an unremarkable ad. Right. But w- what the fuck? Huh. Okay. Why? No. It's a, just a normal, I'm a white guy looking for a female. Who's got proportionate weight to height. I hate when they say that shit. Why? What do you think that means? It means that they don't want any fatties. So I don't understand. I Can you puzzle out why that would be in the alternate section? Maybe he's actually a she pretending to be a he. Ooh. Or it's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a buildup for nothing. You sounded like you had the greatest idea in the world. I figured it out. <laughs> or it's a mistake. <laughs> or maybe he thinks that like the wild at heart section is like fun, spontaneous people <laughs> or something. And he just wants somebody exciting. I have no idea. But uh, how about an attractive 30-year-old Italian male seeks adventurous couple for good times Women only reply. And there's what? this explanation, an exclamation, an explanation point, an exclamation point. Holy shit. Okay. So this guy wants a couple of girls. Apparently, yes. That's what I didn't, like, by couple, does he, like, he wants a lesbian? He's, it's an attractive 32-year-old Italian male looking for an, a lesbian couple, I guess. But if they're a lesbian couple, honey, they're not looking for you. Exactly. They don't want an Italian sausage. Right. They're looking for a, I don't know, apricot? Clam chowder? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, apricot. I like that, actually. I guess. (laughs) Let's see. So, yeah, I don't understand. Like, he's looking for a couple. He can't mean a man and a woman, right? I love well, that women only reply. <laughs> Maybe he wants a man woman couple, but he only wants to talk to the woman. He's, he's, he's actually trying to steal your steal your lady, right? Yeah. He's trying to break up. <laughs> That's the only challenge left to him because he's a thirty two year old attractive uh, Italian. There you go. <laughs> I want to steal your girl and make pasta. That's so racist. Airline pilot. Okay. 49 to 59. Okay. White. Wait, is Single he... or divorced. Sought by lady <laughs> business executive who understands schedules in prime time. What? I'm white, 5'5", 135 pounds, blonde, fit, ex-model, funny, educated, trustworthy, Airline family background. She will only date an airline pilot. This is someone looking for for free travel, right? I don't understand what she is looking for other than, 
Like, maybe she just has a fetish and uh, she wants to date lots of guys. Can't you just... <laughs> her fetish is wanting to date no, lots of guys. No, because he'll be out of town a lot because he's a pilot. So, oh, her- she's trying to get, she's trying to get like uni- all of United Airlines. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I mean, I was going to say, I thought the fetish was going to be the uniform. Can't you it just could be. buy an airline pilot uniform? Yeah. She's from an airline pilot family. Does, uh, is anyone out there? Okay, write in uh, late fee 1994 at AOL.com. Is anyone out there an airline pilot? And. Are there, like, is it like being a cop? Are there airline pilot families where, like, it's the family business and, and do you guys keep it in the family and stuff? Like, is it is that like a, a culture that I'm unaware of, airline pilots? I mean, I would imagine being married to a pilot would be similar to, like, being married to a trucker. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Where you got to be used to them just being gone all the time. But it's so weird. She only wants an airline pilot, 49 to 59, so a t- tight 10-year uh, age range, by the right. way, right? And specifically in his fifties, she must be in. She must be like fifty or something like that. Yeah. Um. He's got to be white. He's got to be single or divorced. And she's a lady business executive. She also has a crazy schedule. Who understands schedules and prime time? I don't know what that means. Like watching prime time television. Is she watching Suddenly Susan? Does prime time have to do with travel? She probably travels a lot for her business, right? Well, yeah. I'm white, 5'5", five, five, 135 pounds, blonde, fits, an ex-model who's funny, educated, and trustworthy. I don't think, I don't think she is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that. Can one woman have all that? Can one woman be both fit, an ex-model, funny, educated, and trustworthy? Why not? And she's got to make a lot of money because she's a lady business executive. I don't know why she would be looking for love in the paper with all that going on. But No kidding. She's How many pilots do you think she meets on a daily basis? She just can't get through that cockpit. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. The cockpit. Wow. There's That's just wrong. There's a joke there, somebody. <laughs> you, you guys. Yeah, this, write in and let build us know. your own joke. <laughs> Let us know what you what joke you came up with with <laughs> cockpits and this woman that wants an airline pilot. How about climb aboard? Your ship has come in. Is this now? Now, first we had a pilot. Now we've got uh, a, a sailor. Well, climb aboard. Your ship has come in. Slender, single, black female, thirty four. To find out more, call. What the fuck? What does that mean? Climb aboard. Climb aboard what? That's messed up. Climb aboard her. Don't offer yourself like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just put that out there. Climb aboard. What is happening? I have no idea. <sighs> She's going to be doing the Texas dip. <laughs> the Texas dip on somebody's uh, Texas day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Last one, Carol. Uh one unusual request. Aren't they all? Gay, black, female, 23, seeking woman with common sense and high ambition, who's at least 30, with no children, willing to relocate. <laughs> That's pretty fucking bold. I was going through this and I was like, I don't know what the unusual request is. You're just looking for a gay woman. Uh-huh. 
like the protagonist of the movie we watched, by the way. But they actually willing to move. Willing to relook. That's that's a bold ask, right? Well, we but, don't even. We've never even set eyes on each other. Move across the country for me. Well, and where relocate? Where that? That's a big part of the question, right? Like, is it relocate to Birmingham? Relocate or, to Kuala Lumpur? Right? Is she? Maybe she's an alien. <laughs> wow. Are you willing to relocate to Alpha Centauri? <laughs> that does make a difference. You're not wrong. But I wouldn't, I mean, I think everyone getting into a couple has some amount of willing to relocate because the. <laughs> willing to relocate on, on a spectrum. and <laughs> Some people have more willing to relocate and some people have less. <laughs> no, I mean, like, like how we moved in together, right? Yes, we like, did. Like when you start a relationship. It's the hope that it goes well enough that eventually you're going to move in together. Okay, but I relocated like a mile away. But still. And so did you. Still. I'm just saying. I guess that's true. Eventually you want to relocate together. This must be like relocate to like, I don't know, Alaska or Siberia. What What if they're a time traveler? Are you willing to relocate to the future? Let's go to 2021 and uh, greet the 7.6 billion people. <laughs> right. No, thank you. Look Although at the reign of men. I do want to see flying cars. Yeah. Do you think we'll have flying cars in 2021? Absolutely. Okay. Don't you? I don't know. It seems so difficult to, to you know, they have air traffic controllers for the planes that are in the air. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they regulate. They'd have to be able to put lanes in the sky. Well, I mean, if they had like an autopilot setting, then all the planes could just fly themselves, the little cars. <laughs> and then they wouldn't have to worry about people crashing. Oh, oh. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Like if they... Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We gotta move cars to the saginal plane, everyone. That's a That's a workout joke. Is it? Yeah. Cool. There's, there's way there. Are, your shoulder is a ball and socket joint, right? So it moves. Uh-huh. It moves across pretty much every plane, and the sagittal plane is one of the, the ways that it moves. I, I felt really stupid because I didn't get your joke, but now I don't because I know it's just <laughs> you know fucking it's working out jokes. So it's all good. Oh my goodness! All right. So speaking of bad jokes, we watched suddenly Susan. We got surprised, <sighs> and it was Suddenly Susan. Oh, my goodness. So Suddenly Susan stars Brooke Shields as Mel, a man who goes, to, who goes to Vienna. No, no. A man who goes Stop. to Vienna. Shut up. Has a surgery, and it's Suddenly Susan. No, no, no. <laughs> I knew that's what you were doing. Brooke Shields is beautiful as always. That's it. That's all I got. That is the joke. The, the joke of the entire show is that Brooke Shields is beautiful and like a pampered princess or whatever. And then uh, everyone else is normal. <laughs> I wonder why. I mean, you think she... Genetics. That's why. Oh, and the guy from The Breakfast Club is her boss. Yeah, Judd Nelson. I, I kind of want to see them together because... Judge Nelson. That'd be cool. Yeah. But otherwise... Should, that's what he should do. But he's married. 
like Wapner's retiring or whatever, right? Like he should, he should change his name and become Judge Nelson. Oh no! Or Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold could get his own judge show. That would be funny. <laughs> Here comes Judge. Um, that's all the show has going for it is like you get to look at Brooke Shields for twenty minutes. She's fine. She's not. Gorgeous. Yes, she is. She's fine. Take it back. (laughs) You're personally offended. She's gorgeous. She's she she's like she's like a painting. She's classically beautiful. Yeah. But she's not hot. So you want to stare at paintings for like twenty minutes. (laughs) That's how that works. Oh laugh track plays in the background. (laughs) That's essentially what this show is. Uh so first episode i've seen it's called suddenly susan unplugged and she has lost her power because by the way her ex moved out of their shared apartment and turned off all the utilities yeah which was a shitty move yeah he should have said something to her well he should have you know transferred them to her name instead of just shutting them off she did leave him at the altar yeah it's a vindictive move Kathy Griffin is in this as annoying voiced and haired redhead. She looks like that teacher in that book where like they take the yellow school bus into people's bodies and into oh. the galaxies and Miss Frizzle. Yeah, doesn't she? The magic school bus. Yeah, she does kind of. <laughs> and she wears these crazy crazy outfits. And she's not funny. No. No, it's kind of sad. And then there's uh, Nestor Carbonell, someone I've never heard of before. But he, I think he's supposed to be Mexican, but I don't think that dude's Mexican. I don't know who you're talking about. The black-haired guy. The one that's like, in my country, you know. Oh, okay. I don't think he's supposed to be Mexican. He's talking about the Tijuana taxi. Maybe somewhere in South America, but. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He doesn't look Mexican. Not to me. Yeah, I agree. But he has an accent that I don't know if he's even his real accent that sounds vaguely Mexican. Okay. And he's, you'll you'll recognize him as the man who looks like God drew eyeshadow on him. What? <laughs> his <laughs> eyes are dark as hell, like like in a pretty way, but like it looks like he's got eyeliner. Is that what it is? Yeah. Eyeliner all around his eye. Interesting. I'll have to pay attention to that. Yeah, so we're he not looks like show again, but yeah, he looks like uh, I don't know, Johnny Depp as Edward Scissorhands or something. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I got it. So I don't know what to say. I mean, she tries to get her stuff turned back on. Everyone's like, "Oh, she's a, such a princess." She doesn't realize that it's a pain in the ass. And it's a pain in the ass for her. And I guess she writes a column for this magazine. Right. Where she complains about stuff. I don't know what the fuck it is. (laughs) Suddenly Susan. But she complains about them. And Booger from Revenge of the Nerds is apparently the head of the power company. And, like, has pull over everyone else, too. The water company and stuff. It was weird. It's weird. They... They essentially harass her because she wrote something bad about them and turn her lights on and off and her water on and off. And 
Well, I mean, okay, she goes to get her stuff taken care of in person because she didn't get anywhere on the phone. Uh-huh. And she ends up standing in every single line that they have. Right. And still doesn't get any help until the very end when somebody says, okay, your stuff will be turned on in three to five days. And then she's like, oh my God, I'm going to kill you. Ah, and that's why she writes the article. But, like, it's true. It's true. It's terrible to deal with them. Why do they have to uh, freak out because somebody said it? Everybody knows. It's not a secret. Yeah, and and it's like a poltergeist controls the, <laughs> right? controls the, the, the companies because, like, she'll walk into a room and the lights go off. She'll leave and the lights come back on. She calls the police for some reason. Weird thing to call the police about. Like, just complain to the company. I guess but the company's it, not going to want to lose business. I mean, if she's bad mouthing them in the press, they're going to do something. Like the president of the company. I mean, Booger from Revenge of the Nerds doesn't own the fucking gas company, right? And so, anyway, like she calls the police. The police officer leaves. Her lights go out. She calls them back. They come back on. Is she being watched? I mean, like, I'd be, I'd be more worried about that. That they, do they have listening devices in her house? <laughs> like, what the fuck? It was very, very weird and not, not great. The like, police officer also was not a, a good guest star or whatever. He's like, the Kennedy conspiracy? I can believe that. Orissa Tomei winning the Oscar? Maybe. Remind me who Marissa Tomei is. From My Cousin Vinny. That's what okay. she won the Oscar okay. for. My biological clock is to... Right. You know what? I I might be in a minority of people, but she fucking deserved the Oscar for that movie. I she think was so. funny and good in that movie. And fuck all of you. She did do a good job. But yeah, suddenly Susan was not good. I was sad. I had high hopes. Because again, I like looking at Brooke Shields. <laughs> and Judd Nelson. You like? Do you think Judd Nelson's attractive? Yeah. Even now? Yeah. Because he's not—he doesn't have the longer hair. He's not talking about uh, you know smoke up, Johnny. He doesn't have that bad boy attitude. He's still cute. He's kind of crazy in this. Yeah. I think he's supposed to be. So I think he's supposed to be Lou Cost or not Lou Costello. I think he's supposed to be Lou Grant. I think that's basically what he is. Who's Lou Grant? From the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Okay, like as though I should know that because again, not a grandparent. Just saying. He calls Mary Tyler Moore into or whatever Mary Roberts or whatever her name is in that show. Calls her into his office and he's like, "You got spunk." I hate spunk. <laughs> that's 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 the performance that he's giving. Yeah, well, and at one point he just opens his office door, looks at somebody, and says, "Hey, what's your name? You're fired." And then comes right back and says, never mind, here's 20 bucks. Like, what? His wife and him are in couples therapy. Yeah, so we'll see. Oh, and there's an idiot, too, on the show. Just your standard idiot. Okay. The guy that was like, I'm interviewing Cheryl Crow, I'm interviewing Nine Inch Nails, or mm-hmm. whoever else it was, and I'm interviewing Jerry Garcia. And the guy's like, Jerry Garcia's dead. And he's like, I know. But it's a dental hygienist who's been channeling him for the next two months, for the last two months, and he's like, "Oh, so you're interviewing a dental hygienist?" And he's like, "I won't know until I get there." <laughs> so stupid. That's what I'm saying. He's dumb. Yeah. So eh, we'll see. Maybe you maybe we just watched a bad episode. You know what? You know what? What's well, like the third or fourth episode? You know what? They're probably all bad. You know what? Uh, 
You know what show is like this, but way funnier? Hmm. News radio. Okay. News radio is hilarious. I know you love that show. Very similar to this. Well, I liked the kids in the hall, and a kid in the hall is on it. (laughs) And Phil Hartman. Do you know where they get that that name from, the kids in the hall? Mm -mm. Uh, Anytime Sid Caesar told a joke. I do. I knew as soon as I mentioned 1950s variety show host Sid Caesar, you'd have that look on your face. Anytime Sid Caesar told a joke that didn't go over, that people didn't laugh at, he would turn and say, that one was written by the kids in the hall. Okay. And that's where they got their name from. Well, that's kind of cute. Yes, it is very cute. Also cute, the movie we saw. No. There were cute things about it. No. No? There was one hot thing. Uh-huh. And that's all. That's all. That was the whole movie to you, huh? I mean, basically, the rest of it just sucked. All right. Don't you think? Did you like this movie? Well, uh, well, let's let's get into it. So we saw Bound. Uh-huh. Which I guess, like, is the title supposed to be, like, she was literally bound at one point. But was mm-hmm. it supposed to be that... Jennifer Tilly was bound to Joe Pantaleona? I think it did have the double meaning, yes. All right. Well, that's very clever. <laughs> this movie was written and directed by... Uh, wow. The... Oh, yeah. Good luck with this. Wachow- Wachowski Brothers. Something like that. Unfamiliar with them. Uh, apparently, they wrote last year's uh, uh, smash hit. It was a bomb. Um, assassins. This should be a bomb too. They wrote that, uh, and now they they make their directorial debut as a group. It's a big time for brothers, I guess. Because the the Cohen brothers they did that mm-hmm. Fargo movie, which was excellent. This reminds me of a cross between the style of Fargo a little bit and Quentin Tarantino and porn. Well, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw. Um, Reservoir Dogs. No. That, that was the movie that he did before Pulp Fiction. The, nope. the big, The big hit, you know. Um, and that's that's a good movie, and it kind of reminds me of, of this a little bit. But, and I, I kept thinking as we were watching this, I kept thinking, well, we'll get into it, about what the Wachowskis did right and what mm-hmm. they did wrong. But... I kept thinking as I was watching this, this movie would be so much better if Quentin Tarantino wrote it. Yeah, I because agree. I could see the setup of it is Jennifer Tilly is a lesbian, essentially, I mm-hmm. guess. She could have been bisexual, but they, they want they want her to be full lesbian, and I'm totally fine with that. Gina Gershon from, we did Striptease last year. Go mm-hmm. find the Striptease tape if you want to listen to some hilarity of us talking about a movie that's terrible apparently oh, yeah. gina kershaw is just in terrible movies i guess i don't know i guess she has no taste but she was in that last year and now she's a corky is her name one of the one of the least hot names ever by the way uh corky who is a lesbian ex-con who is the handyman right even though she's a handy lady well the handy woman yeah she is handsy, that's for sure. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so she uh, recently got out of prison, and she wants legitimate work. 
instead of she was a, a, a thief, essentially. It was the redistribution of wealth is why she went to jail. Right. And so she wants legitimate work, so she's doing, she's renovating an apartment for some rich person. And next, the apartment next door, paper thin walls, by the way, which is so weird because it's supposed to be this high class place. You would right. think that they would invest, but they don't. <laughs> uh, is Joe Pantaleona, Joey Joey Pants, who is a mafia like money launderer. He works with the mob, mm-hmm. and Jennifer Tilly lives with him. So they see each other. They have an attraction. I mean, they the one of the first scenes of the movie. They get on an elevator and just stare at each other. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. It was uncomfortable. It, it was not hot. No, not really. But uh but yeah, so eventually they they um you know, they form a uh I don't know, scissor. <laughs> Your face. There's no scissoring. No, they 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 use their hands. I've seen scissoring. That was not scissoring. Oh, have you? Different movie. Up close and personal. Um, no. Okay. All right. Sorry. Jeez. Um, but yeah, so they, there's, there's one scene as Carol was saying that they have sex. There's one sex scene between the two of them when they're both, where they're both topless and, uh, enjoying each other. Yeah, it was hot. That was almost made the movie worth it, but not quite. It's way too early in the movie. <laughs> And it's like it, like that's the only sexy part. Yeah, that's the shelf on uh, on sexiness in the movie, which uh, yeah, it's no good. It should have been a later payoff. There should have been more sexual tension to keep you interested. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, that that's. I mean, it would have been more like so. It would have turned it more into one of those like steamy erotic thriller kind of movies. Like you can buy rent at blockbusters. Like anybody out there that wants to. Uh, that doesn't have the courage to, if you're a younger person, you don't have the courage to, to go into the mature section and get that pornographic film or whatever. Or the ID. Right. You can rent, the go through the drama section. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the hidden porn of, of Blockbuster. <laughs> go through the drama section and just kind of scan through and see what looks sexy and you'll you'll find some stuff. Oh, yeah. For sure. But anyway, so it would have turned it into one, like a more like that kind of a movie. I would have appreciated that more because instead they go the gore route, and I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, there is. So so to kind of give you the setup of the movie, they, you know, like we said, they form a relationship. They want to get out. She wants, Jennifer Tilly wants to Yeah, because she, even though she is a lesbian, she's living with a man who has sex with her all the time, and she calls that work instead of sex. Right, because she... She's just doing it so that she has a place to live. She gets money from him. Yeah, she's a kept woman. Correct. But she only really wants to be with girls. Right. So someone steals $2 million from the mob. It gets covered in blood. Yeah, another dude she's sleeping with, by the way. Right. Why is she sleeping with so many dudes and she's supposed to be a lesbian? I don't understand. It's it's work, Carol. But I get it with the one. Why the other? I don't know. Yeah, why is she having an affair with the guy? Yeah, I mean, is he, like, paying her? Is she a prostitute? What is happening? It's not really explained. Yeah, it doesn't really come through in the performance or the explanation. But they, so he has to literally launder the money 
by washing it and drying it, hanging it up to dry because it's all covered in blood. So gross. And then he's going to present it to the head of the mafia. So her plan is, Jennifer Tilly's plan is, let's steal it. And they come up with a plan to steal it. Mm-hmm. A really simplistic plan. Very simple. And it could have been done so much easier, and they would have gotten away with it so yeah. much easier. Oh, yeah. It's it's an unnecessary, unnecessarily convoluted plan. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, uh, he's in the shower. Mm-hmm. She drops the bottle of whiskey that's for the mob boss guy. Right. So he lets her go out to get another one, and she lets the girl in the apartment so she can steal the money. Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't you just take the money and you both leave right then? Right. Or, how about this? He looks at the last time he looks at the money or whatever, where he knows you couldn't have done it, right? Uh, just, uh, you know, go have sex with him or something like that while they take the money. Yeah. Or, you two are out of the house for some reason. Somebody breaks in. Make it look like a robbery. I mean, like, there's so many things that you could do. But they wanted to make it look like Joe Pantaleona did it. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way they could do it, I guess. Which seems kind of unnecessarily mean. Yeah, I mean, it's, he wasn't mean to them. No. Really. No, he just, he liked her and he, you know, wanted to keep her around. He didn't beat her or anything. And he thought she was heterosexual because that's what she presented herself Well, as. no, she says that he knew because he'd seen her with a woman. No, that was the other one. That was Shelly. That was the other guy she was sleeping with. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. So, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But he's put out as the villain in this movie. Yeah. And he makes some really stupid decisions in this movie. Well, and he does some really terrible things, you know, to other people. Right. And and eventually to them. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Carol, anything, did you like anything about the movie? I told you I liked the lesbian sex. <laughs> that was it. I guess if you want to, if you want to uh, make Carol enjoy a movie, just fill it with lesbian sex. <laughs> no, so the Wachowskis who directed this, I don't know. I don't know how how you when when two brothers direct a movie. I don't know how they figure out who's doing what or if they've collaborate. I don't know exactly how it works. But whomever did it, or both of them, or whatever, the camera work in this movie is really good. Yeah, I'll give you that. When they the uncomfortable looks in the in the elevator, they frame up Gina Gershon. They frame up uh, uh, what's her name, Lily. What's her name? I don't know. Jennifer Tilly. You know, I don't know names. They frame up Gina Gershon. They frame up Jennifer Tilly, and right at the point where I thought. Is Joe Pantaleona seeing the way that these two women are looking <laughs> at each other? It cuts to, uh, you know, an aerial shot. Yeah. Looking down on the camera. And we can see exact positioning. He's near the front. They're behind. Their looks. It's a, almost like triangulated. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. Like the way they, they tell that story through the camera work. There's uh, certain, like, kind of just swoops, different... Different like dolly movements. There, it's for their first time directing a movie. There's a lot of sureness, a lot of confidence with how they're moving the the camera, how they're framing shots. It's really well done on a technical 
standpoint. Okay. Yeah. And the lighting, the lighting and the atmosphere is all very good. It's very the music I thought was was good to the score. Uh, I yeah. thought added to a lot of the tension in a lot of the scenes. I think that atmospherically and technically, it was very well done. There was some weird, a couple weird editing moments uh, that I I thought was sort of strange, where they're, you know, they're they're cutting kind of in the middle of action. But other than that, I would say from a technical standpoint, the movie really succeeds. Okay. I think the where it falls down is on the script level. Well, and the acting level. I'm sorry. Yes. I mean, like there were talented actors in this movie, but I did not see their talent. I mean, especially yeah. the women in the beginning. Okay, yeah, they gave each other some looks, but like when they're actually talking to each other, the 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 talking seemed more like a soap opera level. Uh, yeah, than a movie level. It was very. I didn't. Yeah, Jennifer Tilly seemed really wooden. Yeah, thank you. And. Gina Gershon was less so, but not quite melodramatic, but just, I don't know. Like, it was almost like she was acting sarcastically. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. None of it felt genuine. Yeah. And, and and yes, I would say not great performances there. Joe Pantoliano was fine, but... Yeah, weird, weird acting, weird acting choices, and the script level is just, I, I get it, like, I get the whole setup thing, here's two million dollars from the mob, here's a woman that, that feels bound to this guy, mm-hmm. she's trapped, she wants to get out, here's a lifeline with someone who's, it's almost like fate, right? All these things lining up together, and I get that, and that's a fine premise for a movie. But there's not enough personality yeah. to the movie, and like I said, if like I feel like Quentin Tarantino could have written this setup, mm-hmm. I think he could have knocked this out of the park. Yeah. Would have been excellent. You know, the other thing with these girls is like, yeah, okay, they had some hot sex, but emotionally, right there, there was nothing there. But they act like there was. Yes, that's the other thing too. They know each other for like a, a, a total of like three days, and another beautiful shot. Uh, Jennifer Tilly's talking on the phone. Second time she's talking on the phone. It's a totally stupid idea to do, by the way, to Gina Gershon after they've stolen the money. Mm-hmm. And they're in the adjoining apartments. And she puts her hand on the wall and she says, you know, I've got to like, I got to tell you why I wanted to do this with you specifically or or whatever. She's going to tell her she loves her. They're, like that's very heavily implied. Mm-hmm. And then the camera swoops over the the wall to go to the other side it's a beautiful shot and gina gershon's like i know you know and it's like <laughs> yeah when when did you two fall in love right you know nothing about each other yeah i don't get it i mean yeah you're both stacked <laughs> i mean is that <laughs> is that what you fell in love with like i don't i don't get it at all Mm-mm. and they don't even have that much in common i mean no like the one like you said she's an ex-con and she's very like masculine like butchy and the other lady is very like lipstick lesbian and more like high class like nothing i don't it doesn't make any sense well yeah not only that not only like on a a looks wise but from a just like you said a personality standpoint i don't 
the part of the problem is we don't know much about either of these characters. Like, we needed to get to know that the biggest. I think the biggest failing of this is that I don't care about either of them. Yeah, I don't care if they live, die. I don't care if they get away. I don't care what happens to Joe Pantaleona. I don't care about any of them because it just doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, like I we never got to know any of these characters. If we really got to know all any of them that it would make a difference. We needed to focus more on the women, their relationship. Like you said, it should have built slower over mm-hmm. time. And it could have. There and, was no reason for the rush. No. And she, they, like, maybe Joe Pantaleona knows she's a lesbian, but, like, keeps her there anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something he found out earlier on in the relationship. And he was like, no, I'm going to make you mine. Like some big macho fucking thing or something. It could have easily informed his character, given him more depth and more, like, dynamism as a villain. Yeah. And maybe, you know, Gina Gershon tries to get in the way a couple times. He, you know, doesn't hit her, but, like, makes it very clear, like, this has nothing to do with you. And, you know, it just, I don't know. We could have had more of a dynamic, mm-hmm. more of like a sneaking between the two of them and stuff. Not just like Jennifer Tilly comes down from the apartment and is like, do you have a bed somewhere? And then they go and have sex. <laughs> and it's like, that didn't feel, that didn't feel earned and it didn't feel hard at all. Right. Their relationship felt like it all came together real easy. Mm-hmm. And And I think that's, to me, that's the biggest problem with the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to choose the biggest when there are so many, but yeah. Yeah, I just didn't, I just didn't, I didn't get it, you know. And and it was gross, like they did a lot of, you know, just gratuitous violence. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of blood. And snaking a drain. <laughs> yeah, that's how it starts. Um, I would say you don't need to see this in the theater. No, you don't need to see it, period. You don't need to see it, period. But if you want to go to Blockbuster when it comes out of Blockbuster and then rent it for that one scene. It's about 20 minutes in. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Yeah. But uh, well, that's the episode for the week. Carol, tell the people where to go to see more lesbian scenes. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com, although we don't have lesbian scenes there. No. Uh, write us at latefee1994 at aol.com. Maybe we'll Mark can tell you where to find the lesbian we'll scenes. We'll send you lesbian pictures <laughs> over the internet. And uh, share the tapes with your friends. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.